Welcome to the Sibling Leadership Network podcast. The Sibling Leadership Network is a national nonprofit whose mission is to provide siblings of individuals with disabilities the information, support, and tools to advocate with their brothers and sisters and to promote the issues important to us and our entire families. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Sibling Leadership Network podcast. Today, we're talking about plain language, what it is, how to ask for it, and when to use it. I'm joined today by the Director of Advocacy for the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network, Zoe Gross. Zoe, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Please tell us about yourself and what led you to your current work. Sure. Um, So I am an autistic self-advocate working in the field of disability policy. Um, I've been doing disability policy work uh, since I moved to D.C. in 2014, um, and I've been with ASAN for the last six years, Um, although I did some volunteer work with ASAN back in 2011, so I've been with them for a pretty long time, if you count that. Um, I'm just passionate about uh, making policy accessible, getting more people involved in policy advocacy and civic engagement, um, and uh, really empowering people with disabilities to make policy changes. So what is plain language and why is it so important? Sure. So plain language is a way of writing that um, is more accessible to people with intellectual and developmental disabilities, and not only to people with IDD, but also to people with other language processing disabilities or English language learners as well. Um, plain language uh uses a lower reading grade level. Um, It uses a simpler sentence structure, shorter sentences, shorter words, more common words rather than less frequently used words. Um, Those are some of the features of plain language. ASAN offers a training that will go through eight features of plain language. I'm not going to get into detail and break down each one right here, uh, but you can access that training online um, and we offer it every year as well. Uh, So why is plain language so important? Sure. Um, So plain language is a way to make information accessible. Um, And access to information is really critical um, to give people the power to take policy into their own hands or even to understand things about their own lives. Um, So, for example, uh, we have a resource on Medicaid and how Medicaid works and what Medicaid waivers are. Um, And that was really useful um, when Medicaid funding was being debated so that people who are Medicaid beneficiaries can understand how is this um, program that I depend on funded and what are the arguments people are having about how it should be funded and how can I get involved in that policy discussion and help influence it um, so that this program that I depend on can continue just to empower someone to understand how, why the things in their life are the way they are and then what they can do about it. Those are really powerful, important things. Do you have an example of plain language? Sure. So if you go to ASAN's website, um, you can see all of our plain language resources and our resource library. Um, and one of the first pages that will come up is our plain language resources on COVID-19. Um, and if you Go and look at those. You'll see uh, many different topics about COVID explained in plain language. Our most recent one um, breaks down what long COVID is, um, and we have more coming out in the coming months. Um, And those we just felt were really important because, um, especially in the early days of COVID, when there was so much that we didn't know, and it was so critical to disseminate the information that we did have, a lot of information was coming out in inaccessible ways. Um, And we felt it was really important to translate it into something that more people could understand. So that's why we have those. When can or should we use plain language? Um, I think we can use plain language basically all the time, and we should. 
Um, that's not to say we should never write in formal or academic language, um, but I feel that a plain language version of a formal language resource is always welcome and appropriate. Um, I think it's especially critical to write in plain language when you're writing for a general audience, and especially if you're writing on topics that affect people with disabilities, um, because you want people to be able to access information that's about them. You know, in the self-advocacy movement, we say nothing about us without us. Um, and for too long, people with disabilities have been excluded from conversations about disability policy, disability research by um, inaccessible language that's used in those fields. Um, and we want to make sure that uh, people with disabilities can be included in those conversations and start to influence those areas. Um, and in order to do that, plain language is a really critical aspect of that. Who can ask for plain language? Um, I think anyone can ask for plain language. Um, if you know that um, something is going to be used by people with disabilities and you're spotting access barriers, a great thing to do would be to raise it with the people who wrote something or are offering a resource and say, can we put this in plain language or is there a more plain language version of this we could offer? Um, it's cer certainly something that people with disabilities can ask for as a reasonable accommodation, um, but it's also something that you can ask for as an ally to people with disabilities. Where can we ask for plain language? If you see, um, for example, a public health agency or um, a university or even your workplace offering uh, a written resource and it is confusing and um, you find it written in very um, dense language or using a lot of uncommon words, um, those might be some examples of access barriers in a written document. Um, and that's a great place to ask for plain language. Um, I find if you're looking at a document that like one person working alone has written, um, that person may not have the resources to do the translation. You can still ask them, is there any way you can put this in plain language? Um, but where I find you get the most leverage is with like an organization that has put out a resource. An organization is likely to have more resources that they can devote to translation. Nice, thank you. So that leads me to my next question. How do we ask for plain language? Um, so there are several ways you can do this. Um, you can say, I'm asking for this as a reasonable accommodation for my disability. Um, the ADA means that um, we are entitled to reasonable accommodations in many circumstances. Um, plain language isn't something that is thought of as like stock standard under the ADA in the same way that some architectural features are, um, but it is certainly an example of an ADA reasonable accommodation that you can request. Um, you can also just uh, bring um, data, bring information and say, um, did you know that for something to be accessible to the general public, not even bringing in people with disabilities, but just the general public, it should be at a sixth to eighth grade reading level or lower. If we want to reach the most people possible, um, we should put this in plainer language. Does ASAN have any resources available to help creators out there use plain language? Yes, we do. Um, so we have a written resource that's devoted to writing in EasyRead. Um, EasyRead is a different accessible format um, that is uses a little bit simpler language than plain language and is also picture assisted. We're not going to get into EasyRead much in this conversation, but we do have that resource available. It's called One Idea Per Line. Um, and then every year we do a series of webinars with SARTAC, which is the Self-Advocacy Resource and Technical Assistance Center, um, where we break down the basics of plain language and easy read in these webinars. Um, in our plain language webinar, um, we really thoroughly cover the eight features of plain language um, and give examples of each and give examples of people getting it wrong and how to get it right. Um, they're interactive webinars so people can come and say, oh, what about this? Or I think in that example, the person has done this wrong and here's how I would fix it and just start to flex those plain language muscles. Um, 
we have finished our webinar series for the year, but you can see recordings at selfadvocacyinfo.org. Um, and that's where you can access our webinars currently. We also offer custom trainings for groups or, um, or agencies uh, if folks want to reach out to us to access our trainings. Some critics of plain language say that plain language possibly lessens the value of written content and has the potential to insult professional readers. How would you answer this criticism? I think those are two very interesting criticisms. I would say that the point of written information is to communicate something to someone. Um, and the more people who can understand what you're saying, the better you're doing at conveying information. Um, and if there are access barriers in your writing, and that includes writing in formal language that not everyone can understand, um, you could be doing a better job conveying information. Uh, instead, you're putting up roadblocks in the way of information. So in terms of the value of language, I would say language is at its most valuable when we are communicating information between each other in the best way possible. Um, and the best way possible is the most inclusive way possible. In terms of the idea that plain language is insulting to people who can read at an academic level, um, I don't really understand that idea. I feel like it's like saying, um, this door has a wheelchair ramp up to it, but no stairs. That's insulting to me because I could walk up the stairs, but there are no stairs there. So now I have to walk up the wheelchair ramp that people who use wheelchairs also use. That insults me. I don't I don't understand that so much. I feel like you, if you are able to use plain language, then it's not a hardship to do so. Um, I understand that it is different and it takes getting used to. Um, plain language writing, for example, is often more blunt than writing in formal language and it can be jarring to people at first. Um, but the differences of plain language, it doesn't make it bad. It just makes it not the way that you're used to seeing information presented. Something that you don't expect until you start working with plain language is the way that formal language is set up to hide things. Um, something that's written in passive voice, for example, is set up to hide who is doing something. So if you say mistakes were made, it hides the fact that you are the person that made the mistakes. Um, that's just an example of ways that uh, more inaccessible writing structures can be used to take out information. Um, so writing in plain language, um, we often have to say things like, this government agency caused this problem, or um, to not provide this access feature is breaking the law, or similar things like, and, and things when people read that, they say, that's very harsh, um, or or like, it's very blunt, it's, it's not how I would usually see that information presented. But really, the way it would normally be presented is implying that same thing, but not stating it. And Implying stuff doesn't work so well for an audience of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities um, because what you want to get, get things out of the subtext of what you're saying and into the plain text um, and make it more accessible. So that's one reason why plain language can be a little more blunt. I've, I have heard from people who say that they find information written academically more accessible to them personally than information in plain language. Um, I don't think that's like a, a problem or a failing of that person. Um, but I do think both should be available to people. And I don't think plain language in itself is like an insult to readers. What tips can you give any creators listening who want to start using plain language in their content? There are several tips I would give. One is to start with ASAN's webinars on plain language, which we've spoken earlier about. You can find at selfadvocacyinfo.org um, and learn the eight features of plain language. Um, which include uh, using shorter sentences and paragraphs, uh, using more common words, speaking in a straightforward way, so avoiding 
um, things like sarcasm or unexplained metaphors, um, avoiding passive voice and other similar principles. Um, I would also recommend uh, learning by example. So finding some plain language resources, reading them, um, noting how they do things a little bit differently than resources written in more formal language. And then just practice. It's okay to dive right in and like go find something on the internet that's um, written in formal language, even like a news article, um, look through it and say, where could this be more plain language? Where are the words being used that are uncommon and people are less likely to know? Where are the phrases that could be simplified? Where is the um, convoluted sentence structure? Where's the passive voice? Where are all the things that I could change in this? Um, and, and, you know, get started that way. It's really fine to just experiment and jump right in. Um, and it, it's an iterative process. You'll get better at it as you go. I would just give the tip that writing in plain language, your stuff can get longer. Um, this confuses people. Um, they often expect stuff to get shorter. Um, but part of writing in plain language can be adding in information that wasn't in your original document, but that is useful background information for people who are approaching um, a topic for the first time. Um, so that can add a lot of length. In your opinion, is plain language a civil right? I think so. Plain language is an access issue. And I feel that people with disabilities have a civil right um, to access to information. And that includes plain language for many people. Uh, what are some current issues within the plain language movement? I feel like as plain language becomes more recognized and um, and more people are interested in it, especially in the disability field, it's really important to emphasize that self-advocates should be involved in the creation of plain language resources. Um, at ASAN, we have worked closely with um, many self-advocates with intellectual disabilities to um, help us focus group and edit our plain language and easy read content. And we've learned a lot about how to write in those styles from our editors. Um, we've learned a lot about how information can be presented in a way that's most accessible to them, um, how to present, how to structure the definition of a term they don't know, for example, or where to put definitions of vocabulary terms in a document. All of these are examples of things that we have changed our approach to because of the guidance of our editors. Um, so I feel like that review step um, is really important. There are also more and more people with disabilities who are learning to be plain language writers ourselves. And part of what ASAN does through SARTAC is help train people with disabilities in these skills. Um, so if you're looking for someone to do plain language translation for you, maybe reach out to a local self-advocacy group and see if that's the service they offer. Self-advocates becoming empowered also has some plain language resources, I believe, available on their website. Yeah, there's lots of places to find resources on this. If you're a journalist or reporter, I recommend the Plain Truth Project at plaintruthproject.org, um, which is specifically a collaboration between reporters and people with disabilities focusing on um, encouraging plain language reporting. Um, and, and that's kind of like a new field that people have started to explore, um, especially when the reporting focuses on people with disabilities and um, is, is just an exciting development that I'm happy to see. How can listeners get involved and help to make sure plain language is available in their own communities? Yeah, so I would just say using the steps we've already discussed, learn to write plain language for yourself, um, start noticing where academic language is used and where things could be translated, um, start requesting plain language in places where you think it should be made available, either because of resources for the general public or specifically for people with disabilities. Become awake to the wonderful world that is plain language and spot all the places that it can be brought into your life. All right. Thank you so much, Zoe. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and learning so much about plain language.
Any resources that Zoe has mentioned during the podcast can be found in this description below. Uh, Zoe, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It was great talking about plain language. Find resources, tools, and information about the sibling experience on siblingleadership.org. The Sibling Leadership Network is a nonprofit and we rely on support from our audience. Find the donation button on our homepage and contribute to the ever-growing sibling movement.